jumper on the way. Good! Tyus Battle nails the three. Dungey leaps and into the end zone for Dungey. A touchdown. If that's not on every highlight show tonight, then I, I don't know who's watching. Powered pass here. He'll get one. And he stays alive, but he's got room to the 10. One man to beat. He'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse. And for Syracuse, party time. The upset pulled by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. The penetration. Step back. A pressure bucket for Tyus Battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg, powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation, and we want to hear from you. 315-437-7644. Just one guest lined up for today. We will hear from the assistant coach, Jerry McNamara, at 1230, as we do at 1230 every Tuesday. Um, yeah, hey, listen. Just Jerry's the, always in a good mood. You know, it, it's it's just the way that, that we thought it would be, right? Syracuse is coming back home to play Pitt, 3-1 and one in the ACC. <laughs> no big deal, right? Obviously. How did they win that game last night, Seth? I don't know. I'm, I'm still, like, I know how they won the game, like, physically, right? We watched the game. We saw what happened in the game. Syracuse... Uh, I think had a brilliant defensive strategy that seemed different from what Syracuse always does with the zone. I thought it was awesome. I thought they they were they had a really smart strategy in that regard. Um, I don't know how they scored ninety five points, and I don't know how they won. I, I really don't. And Tyus Battle was phenomenal. Tyus Battle took over. Elijah Hughes had a great first half. Uh, Pascal Chukwu had the the game of his Syracuse career. I don't know how they won. You know, it obviously helped that Cam Reddish was out with, with an illness and then Trey Jones goes out six minutes. It, that really changed the, the course of the game. I mean, Trey, Trey Jones was disruptive, to say the least, uh, on the defensive end. And then he goes out. It was, you know, both point guards go out. Frank picked up his third foul. He had to leave the game. Trey Jones forced to leave with the, the injury. And it, it just it changed the complexion of the game. It, it, it seemed to give Syracuse some hope. And, and the floodgates opened from there offensively. And even with those two starters out, Cam Reddish and Trey Jones, I still don't know how we saw Syracuse scored 95 points last night. Like I don't if you either. had told me before the game, you know, forget the fact that this game went into overtime. I mean, Duke put up 85 points in regulation. If Duke were to get to 80 points, if you told me that beforehand, I'm, I, I say that Syracuse loses by double figures. I, I, I didn't think that they could win a game like that against that opponent in that building. And I didn't either. They proved me wrong. And again, did they catch a couple of breaks? Yeah, but you got to be good enough to take advantage of those breaks, and and Syracuse did that. And you mentioned a brilliant game plan defensively. The game plan was let them shoot. Yes, if, if you're going to go down, let them beat you from the outside. Even Zion, I mean, they you know they dare him to shoot. You know, he he made one with, with Tyus, you know, staring right at him, and saying, "Go ahead, shoot it." And and Zion drilled it. Okay, uh-huh. fine. But but by and large, they. Could not make a three last night. Nine for 43. And they have Zion Williamson on their team. And they shot 43 three-pointers. R.J. Barrett went four for 17 from three. That's staggering. 
That is, that is a staggering number. He went four for 17 from three. Zion Williamson, he, he took five, but then he got whatever he wanted inside. He went uh, 11 for 15 inside the three-point arc. I, I thought it was really interesting because that's the game plan against Duke. I mean, we, we heard it yesterday with Steve Wiseman. He he said Duke is not a very good three-point shooting team. That's the one weakness that they really have. Jack White can shoot threes. Okay, fine. He was awful last night. He went 0 for 10. He can shoot threes? From, from beyond can he? three. Yeah, because he, he couldn't last night. Yeah. Uh, but with that being said, normally what we see from the zone and, uh, zone, and please correct me here if I'm wrong, normally we see the zone push-up. We see the zone uh, get out on the three-point shot. We see the zone incredibly active. And... That's why people say, well, this zone defense is different than most other zone defenses. And then that leaves you open to the lob behind you. And that leaves you open to the baseline cuts and, and some of those backdoor baskets. Last night, we saw the exact opposite. We saw a zone that was kind of packed in and, and was was looking to not uh, give up that shot inside or that lob behind them. Because guess who would have finished it? Zion Williams would have. R.J. Barrett would have. Um, they, they've got players who would have made plays in those situations and they didn't want to give that up, and they were okay with giving up the three. And and for one night, for one night, this idea that the Syracuse zone is so much different than a lot of other zones felt like it wasn't really true. It felt like, you know, a, a more conventional 2-3 zone in a lot of ways. And it allowed Syracuse to win because Duke shot 38% from the field and 21% from three. And, and it's one thing, Seth, for that to be the, the game plan. It's another thing for the top-ranked team in the country to to feed right into that game plan, to play right into what SU was trying to do. And you're right. Normally we see you know guys closing out and and a very active zone, and as you said, pushing up. And if they don't close out, you know, guess what? They're coming out of the game. How many times last night did we see Tyus Battle or Frank Howard, you know, turn to see who the pass went to? And oh, okay. Well, it, it's good. not O'Connell. Right. We'll let him shoot it. Exactly. I mean, that wasn't that essentially if it, if O'Connell got the ball. Then they they pushed up. Right. If it was really anyone else, they let him stay. They let him shoot. Even and, Zion, even R.J. Barrett, and and that is you know Duke feeding into that. You know, Coach K said after the game that you know there were wide open looks and he wasn't necessarily upset with the looks. And 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 I get that. But when you're four for seventeen from three point range and you're R.J. Barrett, arguably you know if not the best player you know in the country, or you know if you're not the number one pick in the draft, you're probably number two next year next to Zion. You get to the basket or try to find a way to get to the basket. Try to make a play. And they fed right into what SU was trying to do. And, and again, this is not to take anything away from, from SU's achievement last night. That was truly, truly remarkable what they did last night. They were a 17-point favorite. I've been working in this town for 20 years. They've never been a bigger uh, underdog. Syracuse has never been a bigger underdog. 17-point underdog than they were last night. And and I and I said this, you know, on on News Channel Nine last night that after watching what has to be considered, you know, one of the most disappointing conference losses at home to to lose by double digits to to Georgia Tech to turn right around, and then and then I think last night has to be considered one of Jim Beheim's greatest regular season wins. I don't think there's any question. I don't think about there's any that. question there? about that. Aside. Put aside that they were 17-point underdogs, and, and that's a big part of the story, don't get me wrong, but put that aside for one second and think about what this team had been over the course of this year. They've been up and down. They've struggled offensively. They were coming off one of their worst losses in a while, 
and yet they come out and they win that game. They come out and they and they play the way they did. Um, yeah, that the, against that team, against a team that is one of the most talented teams we've seen in college basketball in how long? I mean, look look at them. Uh, look at Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett, and the, and tell me that what they did last night wasn't impressive. I know R.J. Barrett didn't shoot well, but tell me what Zion Williamson did last night wasn't impressive. He he was incredible. You know, I think R.J. Barrett is still a really good player who got pushed into a role last night that isn't what he's supposed to do, which is point guard. Uh, you know, like, they, this is a really good, really talented team, and Syracuse just went down there and beat them and outlasted them and 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 managed to score with them. And, and we hadn't seen that all year long. We hadn't seen that ability to score that much because we saw them play an offensive game and beat Notre Dame, but they didn't have to score 85 points to win that game. They had to score 75 points to win that game. I mean, that that that's such a huge difference. Well, in order to beat Duke, in order to beat the top-ranked team in the country on the road, you need all five guys on the floor to show up. And last night, all five guys on the floor showed up. And you saw Tyus Battle play his best game of the season. You saw Pascal Chuku play his best game of the season. You saw Frank Howard play his best half of basketball, maybe of his career, certainly of the season. You saw Elijah Hughes play his best half of basketball, of his career, and it just so happened that his was in the first half, Howard was in the second half. You had, so essentially, if you combine Howard and and Hughes, you had three players play their best game of the season. Chuku, battle from start to finish, and then, you know, Elijah Howard. You know, I mean, Elijah was in the first half, Frank Howard in the second half, and, and they played at such a high level. And O'Shea Brissett is always there. I mean, Brissett was, was solid last night. He was, you know, 14 points, 8 rebounds, played 43 minutes. A, you know, a good, solid game out of Brissett. But Battle, Chuku, Elijah Hughes in the first half, Frank Howard in the second half were absolutely phenomenal. We saw Tyus Battle take this game over in the beginning when Syracuse fell behind 12 nothing, And Jim Bams, right, by the way, said after the game, if not for Tyus you know, in that the first ten minutes of that game, they lose. You know, by twenty, they never get into the game. They they get blown out. Tyus took over in the beginning. Tyus took over in the end. And I mean, the 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 kid was the kid was phenomenal. Thirty two points. He was unbelievable, and and he showed a lot of why we've talked so highly of him. And you think and he helped it, his draft stock last night? I think he I, did. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. 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 There he, were a few scouts did. in attendance last night. <laughs> Just a couple. And uh, <laughs> you know, he was. I, and I he was incredible. He was the best player on the floor because Zion was. Um, but he was, Tyus Battle wasn't wasn't too was far behind. Best. No, yeah. he was the next best guy on the court. Um, he showed an ability to take over the game. He showed an ability to get whatever shot he wanted whenever he wanted for that the most step part step back is step, in defense it, like you cannot no, it defend is. it you it cannot is. defend and, that step back and it's part of why i thought the the final shot was so interesting because i understood why he took the shot he did because he was wide open and there was nobody there and at the same time when i when i watched watched it back more when i saw the highlight later in the night on sports center i was like man you know what he could have taken one dribble and had that georgetown game winner and and like that's his sweet spot. But like if if you if you don't realize at this point that l- close and late the ball is going to him no matter what, and he's putting up the shot because he knows he can get it up. The step back jumper that you mentioned over Jack White when White was outstretched and in his face, and it goes in anyway. And the foot's about on late, the three-point arc. Late second half. Yeah, yeah. late second half. And, and and the fact that he's able to get the ball how many three separate times on inbounds. Before that game's final possession, I don't like. I 
I, I don't know how much more he has to do to maybe prove that you shouldn't let him get the ball. Because he got it he got it at the end of the Georgetown game because Syracuse assumed that they would double him and take him away. And they didn't. And then he gets it on, on the the rebound off Zion Williamson's miss. It gets passed to him. They foul. They inbound it. They foul him. He he inbounds again and they and they go up and get the game winning shot. Like it it's mind blowing to me that that you don't do anything possible to get the ball out of his hands because I feel more comfortable if I'm the other team with anybody else on the floor taking that shot than Tyus Battle. He got a wide open three, wide open three at the buzzer. Like I, I'm I'm still surprised and confused how teams continue to let that happen. I don't know how many times you watched the replay of the you know the Frank drive where it's ninety three. 91, and he, he puts it up and it's long, and then Chuku dunks it home. Yes. I don't know if, how many times you've seen it, but when you know you watch it in real speed, you're obviously watching the play. I watched it back a few times. Tyus was at the three point line behind Frank, and he was like screaming for the ball, jumping up, like, and it's one of those, like, no, no, no oh, okay, went, you okay, know, went good. in. Yeah. But I love the fact that he just wants the ball, like, he wants all with in the every, game on the in line. In every situation, and people talk about that, and you can say, you know, yeah, I want the ball, I want to take the game winning shot. He, like, lives for that. And, you know, he, he's a big fan of Kobe. We know that. And and he turned into Kobe last night. He like, did. There were times in that game when he just... and There was there was know. one that I was... I'm watching back on SportsCenter last night. And I was watching the, the Midnight SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt. And he's got his producer, uh, Steve, on, on set with him. And they show Tyus go to the basket. It must have been the second half because they're going to the basket to the right. And he's... It's one-on-one on a fast break. And he just does like a a very quick step towards the inside and then back to the left side of the lane. Lays it in. And and lays it in. But the the one quick step got this the Duke defender so off balance. Like you can hear an audible reaction to it from from uh Van Pelt's producer. Like you could see you could hear like the the O like as he sees that. And and I'm sure he had seen the video already. Like they they sit in rooms with how we saw it. How many TVs are in that room as sure. they're getting ready for the show? He had seen the play, but like just seeing it time and again, and, and he did it a couple of times last night, where he just shakes defenders and has an ability to get a wide open shot um, is remarkable to me. You know, you and I were both watching the game on TV. Obviously, uh, we weren't down there, but um, there were a few shots where he runs down the court and they go to the you know what they call in the business you know the cutaway. As he's running out of the hero shot, as they call him in the business, as he's running back the other way, and he's got that he's got that look on his face, and I, I don't quite know how to describe the it. Scowl, right? And it, you know, there was that thing that everybody called Cooney face. You know, like when Trevor <laughs> Cooney played here, like that's yeah. Ty's battle face. Like when when he has that that scowl. That, I mean, I think that's a a, a fair description well, of what really, it is. There's a really good one from the Michigan State game last year. He hits he hits a shot against Michigan State, turns around, and it's the hero shot, like you say, the uh, that CBS uses as they're going to break, and it's just in slow motion. Tyus with just like this this look on his face, as if he's like, "I just hit a dagger in your face, and I know I did that." The term that comes to mind for me, I don't know if it's accurate or not, is mean mugging. He's got like a mean yes. a mean mug. I mean, when he you know he's got that as you say scowl um, when he's got that face. You know that he's got it going, and and he had it going really from start to finish last night. Um, I I saw this stat on SportsCenter. I'm sure you saw it as well. Um, in terms of Syracuse victories over top five teams, it's the third most points ever. Uh, Johnny Pretty Flynn had 34 in that six overtime UConn game, so he had six overtimes to get to 34. He did. 
Carmelo had 33 against Texas in the 2003 uh, Final Four, the semifinal game against Texas. And then Tyus last night, 32 points against top-ranked Duke. Uh, the third most points scored by an SU player in a victory over a top five team. Can I and, and can I just throw out a couple of more stats that I saw? And, and I hate to just overload with stats, but this one stuck out to me a lot. And and maybe it's something that we we talk about. Jim Beheim now three and two in road games against AP number one teams. There's only one other coach who has won more than two games versus AP number one teams on the road. Gary Williams. I saw that. Who spent yeah. forever at, at Maryland. Right, makes sense that it's another ACC but, team. But he's three and eleven. Had a lot of opportunities. Had a lot of chances. And Babs three and, and two, correct? Right. Yeah. And that's not a knock on Gary Williams. Like I promise, that's not a knock on Gary Williams. Hall of Fame head coach, great career. It, but it's it's really remarkable that that in five road games against number one opponents, two win, uh, three wins. I, I mean, he's got now a Jim Beheim has a five and six record all time against AP number one teams. That's that's an incredible record, and like it, it was something that caught my attention yesterday when it was four and six, and you looked at it and you were like, "Huh, that feels like it's pretty good." I felt like the same I, way. I think that's pretty good. Like I don't know what anybody else's record is in these situations, but that feels like it's to a win pretty good 40% record. Forty percent of your games <laughs> against, that, yeah. against the best team in the yeah, country. I'll take like that, that. That feels like a pretty good mark, and and seeing that stat really put it in perspective. Like there's only one other coach who has three wins against the top number one team on the road, and it took them 10 more chances to do it than you have? Like, it's it's remarkable to look at. 315-437-7644. We've got Jerry McNamara set to join us in about 10 minutes from now, but phone lines are open as we speak. We're going to take our first time out. Back after this on ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Steven Seth back with you on a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by CH Insurance. We've got Jerry McNamara set to join us in about 10 minutes from now, but to the phone lines we go. Dom in Syracuse kicking us off on the show today. Hey, Dom. Hey, guys. Um, I got the one thing I got to say about this team is this team is just simply maddening. That's all they are. They're just maddening. What a, you know, a three-day span we've had here. Um, I hate them. I love them. I'm not going to dissect X and O's. The only thing I can say is that I hope uh, this this three-day stretch finally kicks them in the backside and kicks off a run. Um, I hope they finally they hit rock bottom against Georgia Tech, and, and I hope this kicks off something good. But this team is just completely maddening. And that's all I got, fellas. Appreciate checking in, Dom. Yeah, tough to figure out. I mean, tough to – Tough to figure out how you go from losing at home to Georgia Tech to, to winning on the road against the top-ranked team in the country. And I know Jim Beham addressed it last night, and you know he said that, listen, when you shoot 7 for 33 from three-point range, you're going to struggle against anyone. I get that. Um, Syracuse is better than Georgia Tech. Yeah. And Georgia Tech played great. And, and listen, you look around the rest of the league. Louisville loses to Pittsburgh and then turns right around and crushes North Carolina in Chapel Hill. Um, you know, Florida State takes Duke right down to the wire over the weekend, and then they turn around last night and they lose on the road to Pittsburgh. Maybe Pitt's better than we thought. Um, you know, Syracuse loses to, to Georgia Tech at home, and then they come around, turn right around, they, they beat Duke. So, yes, anybody can beat anybody else in this league on any given night. 
so I, you know, I understand Dom saying it's maddening. It is. It's confusing. It, it's a tough conference to figure out. It's not just Syracuse. A lot of teams are are up and down in this conference. Yeah, honestly, this is something that I wanted to talk about with with Jerry, and and maybe not when we have him on in five minutes. Maybe tonight, you know, when we have a little more time. But I would imagine it's frustrating, right? I, I would imagine that to some extent, watching this is frustrating because you look at a game like last night and you say, "Hey, they could be that good," but. Why? Why aren't you know? Why aren't they consistently playing like that? Or, or you know, watching the Ohio State game and and or the Notre Dame game or the second half against Georgetown and saying, man, they could be this good, but why aren't they always? Why aren't they always you know that good? And and it's not. Maybe it's insane to ask a team to shoot forty five percent from three, which they did last night. Especially this team. Seth, well, Seth, yeah, I mean- yeah, yeah. But it but it's not crazy to ask them to shoot 45% from the field, which they did last night. You know, it's it, it doesn't seem like that's an insane number to throw up. So I, I don't know what it is, but it's got to be frustrating. All right, let's get another phone call in here before we get to Jerry. Tony and Syracuse up next on the show. Hey, Tony. Hi, guys. I know um, everybody will be talking about Battle and Hughes, and uh, but I just wanted to point out uh, early on that uh, – those guys taking that charge. I don't know anybody else in the conference that would have done that. And then also I thought Buddy Beheim gave us some quality minutes, especially when we got in foul trouble. And that might all be overlooked with everything else that took place in that game. Yeah, and, and that's, a, that's a great call, Tony, to point that out. I mean, there were a lot of, of subtle things in this game. I mean, it came down to one possession. So anytime it's a one-possession game, it's there are, there are subtle Hughes things. Elijah Hughes hit a shot from 80 feet. Right. <laughs> There's a lot that happened in this game. It was crazy. I mean, Duke was up 12 to nothing. And, yeah. and again, that was danger zone time, and immediately SU got back into it. Uh, Pascal Chuku hitting a couple free throws late. You know, that's going to be overlooked. Uh, you're right, Dolajai drawing the charge. I mean, that was something else. I mean, again, we, we said going in, you know, Zion outweighs him by more than 100 pounds. He's like 285, and, you know, Dolajai's like 175. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and we've seen the—I saw the report, you know— week two weeks a month ago that getting taking a charge from zion is like getting hit by a jeep like i that that's what i'm now interested in i know i was like saying this in the break kind of tongue-in-cheek but i i do kind of want to just talk to marek and be like so what what did that feel like i mean if you watch if you watch the replay the one from behind the basket he gets lift like violently lifted off off his feet yeah he gets like he's horizontal to the floor that was not a flop that was not you know somebody who who took the charge and and pushed himself back a couple of feet to try and sell the call like he was violently lifted off the floor and sent flying um and i i think like uh, jim Beheim said this after the game so we might just hear from him i i would imagine he's hurt uh but jim Beheim here he got hurt. <laughs> I'm trying to tell him to step in front of Williamson, and I'm walking back saying, if he does that, there's going to be a problem. But he did. He got <laughs> I, I hope he's – I know he's hurting now, but he's a tough kid. He'll 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 bounce back. He is a tough kid. And, uh, listen, I, I I respect the heck out of him. I, I did already. The, the way that he plays the game, he, he's got even more of my respect after, after doing that. Um, that is not an easy thing to do, and, uh, you know, I hope he's okay. I, it sounds like he was. It, it sounds like he was just sore after the game. Um, you, you hope that he's able to bounce back, but um, that takes a lot of guts to stand in there with Zion bearing down on you like that. Yeah, 
Uh, it's it's incredible. I, I certainly would not do that. All right, let's take a, a quick time out. we got to get to Jerry McNamara, so if you're on hold, please give us a call back in a little bit. We've got Jerry McNamara set to join us on the other side. Keep it here. Orange Nation rolls on right after this on ESPN Radio.